morning with chat. I am PJ and I'm Bonnie and today we are coming to you with another episode of Lit Chat. This month we did our own readings. I'll start first okay. if you don't mind. Mine, I read two books and man they ran the gamut. First book that I read was Malinche by Laura Esquivel. What was it? Malinche. Okay, Malinche. By okay. Laura Esquivel and I disliked it. Okay. I just flat out disliked it. <laughs> um, I I'm sorry. can't even try to see the good in it. Usually I'm like, it was fine. It was okay. No, I just didn't like it. And that's very unfortunate. So a little bit about the book. Maniche tells the story of Malinari, who was the translator for Anand Cortes while he conquered the Aztecs. Okay, kind of like a Sacagawea. Sacagawea type character. Yes. Okay. And she, throughout history, is a very controversial person because early on she was considered a traitor. And now historians are seeing her as not so much a traitor, you know, just a, a woman who did what she needed to do to survive. Okay. So if you know a little bit about Malinche, she was either given or sold twice in her life so many people think that she's betrayed the Aztecs but she's not really an Aztec but let me tell you why I just did not like this book so this book follows her life from when she's born actually to um, a little past when Hernan Cortes conquers the Aztecs and uh, I didn't like it for several reasons for one they were trying to tell her story and then Cortez's story, and then Montezuma's story. So I felt like it was just a little too much that was the author was trying to do in this very short book. Okay. Because it is, it is a small book. I did not like chronologically how it was set. It was very, I don't have a problem with the book going back and forth when it comes right. to times. But this one was a little odd because she's a baby and then she's a woman and she's having Hernan Cortez's kid but then we're going to go back to when she was little but then after we go back to she's little we're going to go back to how did they fall in love and so it was just very too up and downy yes I didn't even even though it was going back and forth it didn't have a flow to it exactly exactly okay. But mostly, I just did not like how she was portrayed. To me, not a, not a lot is known about her. Right. So there is... Because I, I didn't know anything about her until you told me you read this book. <laughs> so there's a lot of freedom to do stuff creatively on her part because not much is known. But, you know, it just... She was very problematic to me. Like, there's a scene where she's has a crush on Hernan Cortes, and he basically ends up raping her. Okay. And she is, he's like hurting her. And she's in pain and she's crying, but she's still liking it. Okay. And that seemed very problematic to me. Very, very problematic to me. With me too. And then even after he rapes her, and just the way he treats her, she still has a crush on him. And it just doesn't seem like... I wonder if that was true 
or if that was author liberty i think it might be author liberty to tell you the truth it sounded very much like disney's portrayal of pocahontas where disney made us believe that pocahontas fell in love with john smith and he saved his life but in all honesty that story comes from john smith's perspective and last i read historians don't really think that she fell in love with john smith so to me i think that just knowing a little bit about history and historical figures was she probably raped yes, yes because that's the position she was in exactly and she was being but she, I she was also being conquered but i can't see the crush part continuing maybe at first but not after that's why i think it's probably a little author liberty there yeah and she's very much a damsel in distress and i just did not like that either this is a woman who without her help Hernan Cortes could not have possibly conquered the Aztecs or would have conquered the Aztecs but he would have had more trouble conquering them you know right there is a level of respect that is given to Sacagawea for her role there is absolutely no level of respect in Malinche she is portrayed as a childish person you know just the whole idea of I mean, if you said there wasn't a whole lot known about her, I think the author probably made up a lot. Like the romance, definitely. Because quite honestly, like, this is a woman who is not a damsel in distress. She got, what we do know about her is that she was given or sold to different Indian tribes, which is why she learned the languages and was so beneficial to Hernan Cortez. So there's some power in that. She also was surviving right. during the Aztecs, which were a conquering nation, and there was a lot of warfare. So I can't see her being a damsel in distress right. like this book had her. Okay, so we'll put that one down as a no read. Nope. But the next book that I read, The Rose Code, okay. I loved by far one of my favorite books. It's by Kate Quinn. It's centered on three friends who end up being friends because they all work in Bletchley Park. So Bletchley Park is where the code breakers for England all worked okay. under secrecy. Okay. And they were breaking codes by the Germans and the Italians and the Russians. Okay. And so these women all work at Bletchley Park doing different stuff. But they also develop a friendship because they're sworn to secrecy and because they all become flatmates. And so it's really interesting because if you saw, I think, I think the movie's called The Imitation Game with Benedict Cumberbatch, where he portrays Alan Turing. Um, you get to see what the guys did. You don't get to see so much of what the women did for World War II, especially the women of Bletchley Park. And there... Well, isn't that true of just about everything in history when it comes to warfare? Yes. That the women are always behind the scenes doing these amazingly wonderful, helpful, you know, heroic things. And it's like only the men get the credit. Yes. <laughs> and that was one of the things that I had read about, because I did watch the movie, and that was one of the things where um, if a 
focused more on the men and not so much the women. However, right. I do think that that movie is really the focal point is Alan Turing. So, so it's historical fiction, but it's also a mystery. Okay. And let me tell you, Bonnie, like, first of all, I may have to read that. Oh, man. Oh, man. I can't even. There's some historical figures in here. For example, one of the women is Oslo. She was an actual person who actually worked for Bletchley Park. And she's also known for being the girlfriend of Prince Philip. Oh, So Prince Philip is also in this book. Which is apropos for this time right exactly. now. Exactly. Yes. As I read this, I was not aware that Prince Philip would be in this book, and I thought this was just, like, pretty amazing. You've got snippets that show um, Alan Turing. He's known as, I think they call him the professor, the prof. But yes, it is a book that, for me, made me want to learn more about the people and it was great to know that these people were, some of these people were real people. Right. And that to me is always a great sign of a book. If it's a historical fiction book, and me as a history major needs to do more research because I'm so caught up in this book, that to me makes for a great book. And I I did. I kept doing research. I kept finding out um, all these interesting facts that I was just thrilled with. But then on top of the interesting history, and if I'm not mistaken, Kate Middleton's great-great-grandma is also in the book. Oh my god! Very briefly, because Kate Middleton's grandma worked at Betchley Park, too. And most recently, I think in 2014, they reopened it and they preserved it much like it was in the 1940s. And they mentioned that it was something very near and dear to Kate Middleton because her great-grandmother was at Betchley Park. So I thought that was interesting. But there's a spy amongst of course, Bletchley Park, and they have to figure out who the spy is. And let me tell you, the second part of the book is like surprise after surprise after surprise after surprise after surprise. And you think you know where it's going and you don't know. And just when you think it's done with surprises, it's more surprises. I mean, I loved, love this book. I love this book so much that um, I will be reading another of Kate Quinn's books. Okay. But yes, this book was just, I felt very amazing. Kind of like what we, um, The Silent Patient, when we were just like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, this one to me is like silent patient times 10 when it comes to like the level of surprises. Okay. It was Because there just, were a few in the silent patient, I gotta tell you. Okay, what was the name of the book again? It is The Rose Code, and I have a copy of it. So if you want to read it. Okay. So yes, I do suggest you guys don't read the Malinche, but The Rose Code definitely if you love history and history yes okay what about you okay well i read one of the other books off of our list of non-picks furious hours by uh cassie sepp which was the one about harper lee 
uh, going to a trial in Alabama. Uh, it was an okay book. It ended up being more of a history about Alabama and um, some civil rights stuff. And the the story is about this guy who proclaims to be a reverend. You're never really sure if he actually was a reverend or not, but he had these he had this church, and he married women and killed them off for the insurance money. Oh. And the way they were killed, they never could prove he did it. They Ooh. never could prove anything. And it was a book about how the insurance fraud worked. And way back then, I mean, this was back during the time of the civil rights movement and all that. So 70s, late 60s, early 70s. Willie Maxwell, he's the reverend. Okay. And they kind of tell you what he's been doing, that he's been killing off these women and not getting caught. Okay. Then you have the next part, which is about the lawyer who is, he's Tom Radney. Is it the lawyer for him? He or? was Willie Maxwell's lawyer every okay. time Willie Maxwell had to go to court and got him off every time. But then when Willie Maxwell gets shot at the funeral oh. by a cousin of the wife. The guy just stands up at the funeral and shoots him. There's like 300 people that see it. It's a done deal. This guy committed murder. Tom Radney gets him off. Oh, wow. Even though it was a jury trial, because as they said, the jury couldn't convict this guy for doing justice or something. <laughs> Anyway, it was like justice long overdue. And they didn't convict Robert Burns for killing so he, Willie. Okay, so he did get killed. He wasn't just wounded, he was killed. Oh yeah, Willie was shot three times right there at the funeral. He was killed right then and there. And they arrested Robert Burns for doing it. And you have to remember, this is all black people involved, but you had an all white jury. Well, that's what I was going to say. You had that a white strange. lawyer. You had a white judge. But all of the people, all of the other people are black people in this. And not only that, it's it's in the South. It's in the South. She had been helping. She actually helped Truman Capote write in Cold Blood. She did a lot of the research for him. I think I had heard that. And so when she hears about this trial from somebody, she just goes, and this is back in her hometown. Now, this is back where she grew up and lived and where uh, To Kill a Mockingbird and everything was set okay. as well. But this is a true story now that she's going to try to do the true story thing like Capote did. Okay. And um, so she's there doing the research and she sits in on the trial and everything. And she's getting all these notes and everybody's like, well, when are you going to write the book? And at the end, she gives her notes and everything to this person just this other writer who's been asking her questions says here you can have it because there isn't a story here there isn't there isn't enough evidence to say one where there's no evidence whatsoever against willie against willie maxwell there was never any evidence that could prove he did anything so there wasn't a story there the fact that robert burns got off for shooting him because the jury just kind of decided they did the plea of insanity. Mm -hmm. They said, 
okay, sure, fine. Yeah, he probably was insane at that moment when he pulled the trigger because he was so upset that Willie would come to this service and sit there and, and act, you know, like he cared. Well, I wonder and I'm if... Like, and she just gave the notes away. And she says, there isn't enough evidence here to write a story. Well, I wonder if there is a story, but it's not the most foreseeable story. It's just because there it was... is... I mean, there's a story. It is interesting. Well, yeah, Cassie Sapphire's a very good story, but it's not something I it don't doesn't think have that you can the ending that I think would be necessary, right? Um, to to really grip people and care. But I also wonder. You said that a lot of people were asking her, "When are you going to finish this?" And I wonder if well, that... when you are going to write this, because some people recognized her, and and the end. It's like I said, you had this book in three parts where you had Willie's story then you had the lawyer's story and then you had harper lee's part in it and 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 basically it was kind of a biography about harper lee you know how she lived her life the fact that she never really wanted money all the money that she got from Would you writing say to kill a mockingbird this book could have been three books separated probably okay with that's a little more sounds. effort it could have been Maybe you could have combined the first two parts, you know, because you have Willie doing all this stuff, and then the reason his nephew kills him. Yeah, it was his nephew that shot him. So, yeah. I mean, it was all a family affair. I mean, like I said, there's a story there. It's just maybe not the most... Um... But the fact that the jury let him off, and, and it makes you wonder if they were just saying, oh, this is black people against black people. We don't care. Or if they really said, yeah, he probably was insane at the moment. And so we'll let him off. And of course, they knew that if he got the insanity plea and he was convicted of the insanity plea, there was basically a place in town that if you used this plea, it was kind of like a revolving door. He would go in, he might stay there for five months, and then he'd be back out on the street. And that's exactly what happens. So, so would you have, you said it was an okay book. It was okay. I guess the question is, what would you have wanted to see more of in this book that would have made it? more than just okay would you have wanted more of harper lee's story would you have wanted it well actually you got quite a bit of harper lee's story you found out about i found yeah. out about stuff about harper lee that i didn't even know by the time she does think about writing this other book this book about this murder mm -hmm. in her hometown now all of her publishers and people are either dead or retired and so they she doesn't have that one-on-one -on -one because they literally walked her through to kill a mockingbird oh they're telling that's that part saying. of the story it doesn't seem from what you're telling me that she was a natural writer like no there was potential was there but she had to be have other people really polish her writing so, yeah it's one of those things i've thought about i've read to kill a mockingbird i don't remember too much about it but I feel like maybe I should go back and read To Kill a Mockingbird and read Ghost Set a Watchman because Ghost Set a Watchman, being the first book that she wrote, after she died, they just published it as is with no editing. So I wonder what the difference in style is. I know? haven't read the second one, but when it did come out, it was very controversial. It's almost like two different people wrote this book because even though she wrote the words to To Kill a Mockingbird, and had the original idea 
the editing that was done on it, according mm -hmm. to this, was massive editing yeah. that, to polish it so well. So, who knows? Interesting to go back and read them one after the other. Just so interesting, too, because I think be. we just naturally assume that writers have this gift and are just, it comes so easy to them. And, and not Harper Lee was not one of those. Exactly. And so. And the fact that she became a multi-millionaire off of one book. Which is a lesson to be learned, guys. If you're thinking about <laughs> you've got a writing, if you don't feel like you're good at writing or you're not good at something, hey, try it out. You never know. It worked well or for she Harper got Lee. It. There was a book that my husband uh, heard about on NPR. Oh. He was listening to the radio one day, and they were talking about this particular book. It's called The Postscript Murders by Ellie Griffith. It was okay. It takes place in England. It's uh, about this lady, apparently, this older woman. She was in her late 80s, early 90s, living in what we would term assisted living. Okay. And you had these caregivers that would come by every couple of days or every day to check on them, you know, make sure they got fed, took their meds, you know, like a nursing, home nursing thing. Mm -hmm. And she's found dead one day. And when they start going through her stuff, they find out that she was postscripted in all of these writers' murder mysteries. Oh. And, and she even had little business cards printed up that said murder consultant, this old lady oh. whose name was... Peggy Smith. So, okay. P.S. for P.S. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. And so, and uh, you have a bunch of different characters. You have Benny, who was a monk and now runs the local coffee shop. And you have That's Natalka, who was one of the caregivers, who was from the Ukraine. You have Edward, who was the neighbor across the hall who is just another old quirky guy. Mm -hmm. And you have Harbinder Kaur, who is Indian. Her family is Indian, but they've been living in England for a long time. You know, she was basically raised in it. She is the police detective. Oh. So, and like a very diverse cast. Yeah, very diverse cast. And you also have to remember, too, that in addition to being Indian, Harbinder is also female. And you have to be aware that in England, they treat people from India like we treat black people. There's this very, very uncivil thing, way they treat Indians. You know, it's like our civil rights, you know. They, well, I mean, I, I'm not surprised yeah. because India they, was colonized by... Right. And, and then it Gandhi was, led the movement. It was a rather interesting little murder mystery about how they go about finding out the fact that even though it looks like Peggy Smith died naturally sitting in her chair in front of the window, mm -hmm. they find out she was murdered in the end and how they find out. And it ends up being, it, it's kind of like the silent patient. They oh. threw this little twist at you at the end that you're like, oh, so, and I'm not going to give it away because it was... Well, because I would have to think, um, why would someone bother killing an old person? Yes, and it takes you back but to, that the, might be the... to the war with Russia and Poland. You know, there's some of that 
that's brought up oh. because the old ladies were involved in um, one of the writer's mother or something was a friend of Peggy's. That's how he got to know Peggy. And apparently these women, one of the women was known as the teenage assassin or something in Poland. <laughs> it oh. was like, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, yeah. It was an interesting little book. And of course, I read a couple more of my Amanda Quick, you know, paranormal romances about the women in the Victorian era that take charge of their lives. Sounds like my kind of ladies. I love those ladies who are out of their time, the rebels. Yes. You hear more stories about those ladies, right? Right. And not stories of Malisha. All right, guys. <laughs> well, until we meet again, next month is... is read your own yes. books again. And please, please, let us know what you're reading. We're not hearing from you. A quick, you know, you don't have to write a paragraph to us. Or, you know, even if you want to leave a little message in the Dropbox saying, hey, um, I'm reading this right now. A lot of times I end up reading what people suggest to me. And if somebody had told me not to read Malinche, I would have you listened to them. You wouldn't have wasted your time. <laughs> but there until we go. meet again, guys, I am PJ. And, and this I'm is Bonnie. And we hope you have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.